0: Is this thing on? Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Summits Podcast. Back at the University of Notre Dame today, more specifically, the Harper Cancer Research Institute. Our guest for this episode is Dr. Andy Bullock. He is the Associate Director of the Harper Cancer Research Institute. Dr. Bullock, welcome to the Summit's Thank podcast. You. Thank you, it's great to be here. Why don't you uh, introduce yourself to the audience, give us a little background history on yourself. Certainly, so uh,
1: I actually grew up in South Bend. Okay. okay. Uh, going through uh, grade school and high school here, in Notre Dame was this small school, I had a you know a Catholic, Heritage and a great undergraduate education reputation and a football team and, and that's all I knew about it and it wasn't really until I got here that you see just how involved they are in so many different things, particularly cancer. But um, I uh, did my undergrad down in Bloomington. I then uh, congratulations, oh, wow. thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, only the best. Get that's right. I'm just going um, to excuse myself <laughs> from the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> and then. Uh, my PhD in molecular biology at Cornell in New York City. And uh, as I was finishing that up, I took a commission in the Navy as a Medical Service Corps officer and did that for six years in San Diego. And while I was in San Diego, I got my MBA
0: in uh, finance, and international business. Underachieving already. <laughs> yeah, wow. <right. laughs> um, what prompted you to go the go the, the Navy route? Well, it, uh, so a lot of my family members, and this is common
1: in the military, a lot of people in the military have family in the military. My yeah. my grandfather's in the military, uh, and a lot of his uh, siblings and in-laws, and my father and stepfather in the military. My brother was just retired. He was uh, active duty Navy for 20 years. Okay. Yeah, my dad uh, and
0: spent 24 years, 21 years, somewhere there. Retired uh-huh. as captain from the Navy. Um of oh, small, small feat, yeah. yeah.
1: Retiring as captain's tough. Yeah. Scotty retired as a lieutenant commander, which is, okay. he had a great career and I'm proud of him. But uh, yeah, retiring as captain's
0: quite the... He spent a few years in San Diego yeah. as well. 20 years in the Navy are going He's to. He's now shared some of those stories with me. As a young kid, he wouldn't share those stories. <laughs> 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 sound, like, sound like a good time. <laughs> yes, uh, yes. What did, so he was a ship captain or a pilot or what did he do in the Navy? Uh, I should know the answer to this. Um, I would say ship captain, but that's about as much as I could tell you. Yeah, well, if he was with the fleet, he was going to up in San Diego sooner or later. That's yeah, I spent of- some time in Japan as well, Yakuza. Yeah,
1: sure. No, but for me personally, it was, um, we lived in New York City during 9-11, and hmm. I
0: wanted to do my part. Okay, wow, awesome. Yeah. Um, what, so once, how long were you in the Navy? six years active. six active okay and then you got the MBA while doing that as well yes okay it's impressive what then ultimately brought you back to South Bend well I was getting out of the Navy I had uh,
1: served my time and uh, knew I didn't wanna make a career out of it I was looking at several different opportunities in business and and academia and uh, I you know, being on both coasts for a while, my brother was on both, uh, was, you know, away. My parents and family were still, you know, my grandparents were uh, South Bend, my parents were in Chicago. So, it would, you know, I had kids now, so there's like an interest in coming back. Um, and just uh, came across this job, Harper had just opened, um, this was ten years ago. I was one of Sharon's, I think I was Sharon's first hire. And uh, to, to build something uh, from scratch and sort of mold it in the, in the ways you want it to go
0: uh, was too good an opportunity to pass up. Sure. Yeah. What, what have you witnessed over those 10 years, over the past 10 years, in terms of how Harper has gone from, you know, starting to where it is today? What, what stands out oh, to you? I mean,
1: <laughs> when I mean, my first day here, I came in, and all the labs are empty. I mean, Sharon was the only person here, uh, for the most part. Um, I mean, they're IU School of Medicine faculty because Harper's a collaboration with with, uh, the IU School of Medicine South Bend, but they were mostly in the Racklin Carmichael side of the building. So it was just a very, you could feel the newness Mm because the building had just opened like Mm -hmm. six or eight months before. And so, there weren't any research programs yet because the institute was brand new i mean the uh the things we're doing now um, in cancer health disparities uh, initiatives and collaborations with universities you know there's there's collaborations with i u but we have collaborations with universities across the country uh, around the world mm-hmm. and I
0: mean, none, those were just ideas at the time, and to, to build those has been a wonderful experience. Yeah, speaking of collaborations, we've we've been talking about that a lot the last couple of days. Some people might view them as, you know, thinking from the athletic field when everybody's competing against one another. But cancer doesn't care what yeah. your affiliation is. Um, how how important are those collaborations, not just for the state of Indiana but beyond as well? Oh, it they're crucial. It's it's the only way forward. Um, the
1: i don't want to say easy because none of the questions are easy but i will having just said i won't say the use the word easy the easy questions in the fight against cancer those have been asked and answered yeah. the the questions and the challenges facing researchers today you you just can't tackle those with one perspective mm-hmm. um so i you probably have heard the drug taxol mm-hmm. this is a, a good way to illustrate that i think uh, Taxol is one of the most impactful and uh, useful chemotherapy drugs ever created. Uh, billions of dollars in sales, it's impacted you know millions of lives. It's a real success story in the fight against cancer. Um, Taxol came about by, uh, in the 50s, there was, I believe it was the 50s, there was a National Cancer Institute uh, call for more drugs and so they were looking for things that killed cells. And sooner or later, they got around to scraping something off the bark of a Pacific yew tree. And in the 50s, they found out that that was very cytotoxic. Mm-hmm. In the 60s and 70s, they figure out what it was in the bark that was actually cytotoxic, this comp- Paclitaxel, the, the compound. Um, in the 80s, it went into clinical trials. Um, and again, a billion dollar drug in the year 2000 yeah nobody knew how it really worked i mean the the papers on how it worked were still coming out in 2014. it's a binds microtubules so decades after it's been this incredible drug the, the mechanism behind it and how it really does what it does um that's not how cancer drugs are made it was find something that kills cells hopefully it kills cancer cells before it kills patients and um and run with it, and there's been success that way. And to do that, you need to be phenomenal chemists. I mean, incredible medicinal chemistry is needed to do something like that. And the people who came up with this drug, you can't laud them enough. But that that's happened, and drugs now are being designed because you you first understand the cancer cell. You try and figure out how the cancer cell is different, and then you come up with interventions specific to those. Mm-hmm. Um, and In order to do that, you need to be a great medicinal chemist, but you'd also need to be a great tumor biologist. And you'd also be a great molecular biologist. You need to be a great mathematician and data scientist. And one person can't be all of those things. You need a team. That's what was great about Harper. And one of the reasons I came here is it was building that from scratch. And uh, there's a lot of uh, flexibility. And we we can be very nimble because we're small. there are, you know, IU Simon has a phenomenal. I mean, it is a phenomenal cancer center, and Purdue's uh, cancer center. Both of them are NCI designated. They're two of the best cancer centers in the world, and we are not that. We're not that big, and we're we are not on that level in many ways. But um, at the same time, the quality of research here, from the grants that come in from the NCI and from other foundations, and the the quality of the faculty is is good as you'll find anywhere
0: and we have uh, a lot of flexibility to to tackle things that uh, I just love being a part of. Yeah. I like that teamwork uh, approach uh, because when you're telling the story about that drug. I mean, I'm sitting here thinking, oh my gosh, it took 60 plus years to get from discovering the tree bark to something that could even be potentially applicable to a patient. I, you know, I'm neither a PhD nor MD at all. Um, I'm hoping that maybe today, technology also plays a role in that. It can help perhaps speed that process up to whatever extent that it can. Oh, I, I mean, absolutely. The
1: uh, uh, I'm trying to think of. Um, so uh, Brian Baker is uh, uh, a chemist here um, in in monology, and. His research or part of his research is all about completely understanding how an antibody binds and that antibody-antigen interaction and the specificity that's there, and then manipulating that uh, to enhance that, uh, particularly in fighting cancer. And you definitely need a lot of you know, the technology to understand that and the computers to, to model yeah. and, and build uh, those steps forward. And that's that's the first one that comes to mind. But there are several here. There's several. I mean, that's that's where cancer
0: research is right now. So, mm-hmm. right. Is there a particular project um, either currently going on or that has that has gone on over the last ten years that really stands out to you? Oh yes, several. Um,
1: well, you've you've been uh, spoken with Lori Littlepage, and I, so I won't rehash her project. But that that there's a real need for uh, a treatment for breast cancer metastasis to the bone. Mm -hmm. And uh, that has the potential to be one, which was, I just keep thinking the impact that that would have. Um, There is a uh, um, tumor cells secrete a message. Um, It's, you know, little bits of RNA that get into the circulation. And it's sort of a way, um, I mean, it's how they communicate with the cells around them, but it's sort of a way, you know, broadly speaking, where tumor cells are jumping up and down saying, hey, I'm cancer. Mm -hmm. And there's research here to try and detect those little signals from the circulation, which if possible, um, or when it's possible, will allow people to diagnose cancer very early. Well, one of the reasons the, prognosis for breast cancer is so much higher than pancreatic cancer or ovarian cancer is you can detect it in phase one and any cancer you can detect in phase one um, has a a better prognosis typically. But um, if you could detect pancreatic cancer in the early stage, or uh, you know some of those other internal tumors, the, without even coming up with new drugs necessarily, you could have a huge impact on mm-hmm. sur- the, those uh, survival curves. Um, so that could be really impactful. And yeah. just as an aside, uh, this is something that uh, I heard from uh, Dr. Uh, Otis Brawley when he was uh, the chief medical officer at the American Cancer Society. He was here for a talk. And he was saying about how uh, universally, the late stage cancers have a worse prognosis than early stage cancers, except for one time. There's one situation where you have a better survival being diagnosed with late stage cancer than if you're diagnosed with early stage cancer. Okay. Which is that? If you're diagnosed with late stage cancer and you have health insurance, you have a better survivability than if you're diagnosed wow. with early stage cancer and you do not have health insurance. So anyone—not to get political—but anyone who says it doesn't matter if you have health insurance, you can get access to all the—that's fundamentally not true. Yeah.
0: yeah. Interesting. That project that's though sounds sounds very interesting because because you're you're dead on. I mean, the, the earlier it can be detected, the better chances oh, you have for sure. Yeah. Uh, and to. to um, answer your question a little more directly,
1: one of the projects I've really enjoyed being a part of is uh, the work we're doing in cancer health disparities. Mm-hmm. So cancer health disparities are uh, differential outcomes for different people based on mm-hmm. any number of factors, race, ethnicity, uh, socioeconomic factors. And they're, they're tragic, and they're massive, um, and they're global. So um, in the United States today, a newly diagnosed a child with uh, ALL has a 90% chance of surviving 10 years. It's, it's one of the great success stories in cancer research. You know, 50 years ago, that was basically a death sentence, and now there's a 90% chance that kid will survive 10 years, which is sort of a proxy for, for beating cancer. Um, in Mexico, that same kid has a 60% chance of surviving four years. Okay. Wow. Now, why is that? Um, Obviously, uh, stage of detection factors in, obviously um, quality of care factors in. Um, but there was a you know paper that came out from uh, UCSF not too long ago, and even when you uh, normalize for socioeconomic factors overall, that eliminates disparities, or that, that reduces disparities, but does not eliminate disparities. There's something else there. There's a molecular basis for some of these disparities. And unless we can collect tissues from different types of patients, mm. we're never going to be able to tackle those completely. Um, for a number of reasons, most of the tissue that researchers have access to comes from people that look like me. People that look like me are much more likely to get to MD Anderson or Memorial Sloan Kettering are the, the types of places; these wonderful world care or world class organizations, and that's where a lot of the tissue is collected. Um, there's a lot of, uh, and rightfully so, mistrust, uh, well earned mistrust, you might say, with certain populations about uh, uh, engaging with the healthcare community. But that makes it much more difficult to get that tissue, and if As medicine's getting more precise, just like we were were talking about, it's not scraping something off a tree and see if it kills cancer, it's understanding the cancer. But if you're only understanding my cancer, then the drug you come up with is gonna do a great job on me, and hopefully it'll help other people. And what we're trying to do is flip that Mm. and collect tissue from different racial and ethnic backgrounds so we can build models and design drugs that will help them. And hopefully, it might help me too. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, getting engaged with, with different populations, different health care, different donors, because it, there aren't that many funding mechanisms that let you collect
0: tissue from all these populations. I mean, it's hard yeah. to I do. I think that personalization don- of medicine to, to another level, and I'm truly getting too personal, but to everyone. Mm-hmm. Quite. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely cool. absolutely so well, that's been a that's one
1: of the things that, that I think Harper and Notre Dame are very well suited to do uh, that uh, it might be more difficult to do somewhere else, okay. so
0: I, I really enjoy being a part of that yeah that's awesome. Uh, one of the cornerstones of the summit's podcast is is talking about each of our uh, different cancer stories. We all have many. Andy, what is one of your cancer stories Oh um Yeah. So, uh, Cancer impacts everybody.
1: And if it hasn't impacted you yet, if it hasn't impacted you yet, it will. That's that's the horrible part about cancer. And I have lost relatives to cancer. Um, One of my best friends from the Navy. I knew I was going to need those Kleenex. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Hmm. Maybe I'll talk about something else. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it is. I mean, um, one of the, the projects we're working on with, um, I, I mentioned that, that disparity in Mexico is uh, trying to design, an, uh, or helping researchers in, in Mexico design a, an early diagnostic for leukemia. Yeah. So uh, when these kids might present, you know, in a, Rural part of Mexico, where the healthcare infrastructure is nothing like we take for granted here. Um, it presents, you know, leukemia. You're tired. You're uncomfortable. There's a general malaise, and then that's a million other things. And so, coming up with a, a blood test for these that can detect um, the signal we're trying to find um, wouldn't diagnose you that those kids with leukemia. It would. Um, say, hey, this is more than you're just being tired. And instead of staying in this rural part of Mexico right now, you should go to the cancer center yeah. in the capital yeah. and, and, uh, and be tested early, which could really shift that, that survival curve. Um, and you see these kids, when you go down there and work uh, with our collaborators down there, there's an organization called the Nueva Esperanza that um, was founded by this gentleman, uh, Don Francisco. Essentially, um, I'm, you know, giving you a very, average version of things. But um, twenty or so years ago, he would see these families that were essentially almost living on the street when they because they were taking a bus for several hours into the heart of Puebla. The Puebla is the capital city of the province of Puebla. They didn't have anywhere to stay. Their kids were getting treated for cancer, and so he started in Nueva Speranza to give them a place to stay, so sort of like a Ronald McDonald house almost. Mm-hmm. Um, it's grown into so much more than that. They have uh, education programs and, and uh, I mean like, not just education programs, they have a little school so the kids can uh, keep up with their studies, there's a, you know, a chapel, a cafeteria, and there's actually a research arm um, funded by faculty and uh, graduate students from the local, uh, not local, from Upayup, that's the, the main college there, or one of the main colleges there. And that's actually Upayup's where Notre Dame students do their study abroad in Mexico. And so we built that. Now Notre Dame students, when they're studying abroad, are actually doing cancer research in these labs, uh, working okay. on this project. And it's been, uh, it's been great to see that grow. And you, you just see these, these kids that, uh, um, you know, Thirty years ago, wouldn't have a chance, and now, now at least there's a much better chance. So, yeah, and that sort of ties it all together. My one, the the cancer stories I was trying to talk about is uh, a good friend of mine from the Navy. His son Joseph just diagnosed with leukemia.
0: Hmm. So it Yeah, it's home. yeah for sure. Mm-hmm. Any questions do you have for us? Well. Uh,
1: Yes, there are several probably more than you want, but uh, <laughs> um, and the first one is uh, do you
0: do you think you realize the impact that you guys make? I think on on some level, we probably do um, uh, do we do we grasp the full uh, you know the, the full impact maybe not i don't I don't know. Um, I guess the reason why I say that. Is because I'm always looking at the next thing. Yeah. Um, it's kind of the way my mind works, uh, for better or worse. Um, I mean, we hope we are, clearly, and that's kind of why, why we're doing this. Um, and I know that when we first started f- doing some funding of research, you know, let's say we only had $10,000. And we were like, I mean, in the world of research, like, that's nothing. And we would go to folks like yourself and say, okay, you know, we have $10,000, I know that's not much, but we were pretty quickly stopped said, no, look, that's very important. Yeah. No, it's not a $10 million grant, but these docs that have various ideas, they can't just go get the $10 million grant from the get-go. They've got to prove stuff out first. And as we were talking about with uh, Dr. Stack, I mean, a mouse, one, one mouse could be 500 bucks. So that ten grand is very important. And so that's, I think that's what was kind of rewarding knowing that, you know, we may not be bringing millions to the table, but every little bit helps. And, you know, go back to that collaboration factor. You have all these different foundations or individuals coming together and and regardless of what they're putting in the pot, it all makes a difference. And and that's, that's rewarding to us to know that whatever contribution we can make is going to make a difference and help out. Oh,
1: absolutely. I think, I just think
0: it's been interesting talking with, um, talking here today about how, like the right impact in the right spot no matter how big or small it is can just change you know either research that's being done or lead to something that leads to the next funding round Or right. um, i mean we've been talking with different researchers the past couple days and um, it's amazing to see how you know some, some of these little bits of research have now turned into like you mentioned like billion dollars worth of drugs and then millions of people impacted by it so you know, like you said, whether it's small or big, the the impact, the impact, right impact in the right, right place can make a huge ongoing impact for patients and the future of cancer research. Mm-hmm. No,
1: both of those things are absolutely true. And the one thing I would add to it is the projects that you fund, it's not as though that would happen anyway. It's something that otherwise wouldn't exist. Okay. There, uh, you know, we, we have... Uh, Philanthropic support for you know, pilot programs that we'll launch, and we'll get you know fifteen different applicants uh, in any given year. And um, you know when you're reviewing them, maybe two or three right off the bat, you're like, well, these probably these just aren't ready, or there's not a lot here. They could, should think about a little bit more, something like that. That still leaves you with ten or twelve, and maybe you can fund. One or two. Mm-hmm. And all those other ideas, they just, it's not like, though well, they happen anyway, they just, they just don't happen a lot of the times. Yeah. And if there's not uh, support from you mm-hmm. know, foundations, um, funds from, from people like you, I mean, you're basically picking up on those ideas that wouldn't happen otherwise, and you're, you're making it happen. You're, mm-hmm. you're moving the ball forward. Uh, use any sports analogy you want, but yeah. th- they're apt because um, each one of those things makes a difference. And I tell people, um, so with the ACS, it's <laughs> coaches versus cancer, and with Swing for Heroes, um, <laughs> when people are out there playing golf, I'm like, oh, well, they're just playing golf, they're having a good time. But no, they're really doing more than that because that money that they're raising by playing golf matters. Mm-hmm. It matters a tremendous amount. That's fighting cancer. Um, I was fortunate enough to go to the, the gala event. Wonderful time. Um, and you don't think, well, you're fighting cancer doing that. But that uh, that money is how you're able to do what you do. And I see the impact it has. I see the research that wouldn't happen otherwise. And so I can't thank you enough.
0: Yeah, well, you're welcome. It's our pleasure. And uh, we take great pride and, and joy in, in doing it. Um, Adds a little more stress to the plate, but hey, mm-hmm. that's, that's what it's, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Not a problem. Um, we appreciate what you guys are doing. We appreciate your taking yeah, you taking the time out of your day to, to join us. And we appreciate you guys for joining us on this episode of The Summits Podcast. Wherever you're listening in or wherever you're watching, preferably on the Heroes Foundation YouTube channel, don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe, and notification bell. And until next time, beat cancer.